Hello, I'm Rachel Eisman. And I'm Leah Burnett. And this is Own Your Home, the essential guide to becoming a badass homeowner. Yay. Okay. So this is the last episode of season one. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. We did it. We did it. We it's did actually it. pretty amazing to be here. Um, and thank all of you for joining along with us. Indeed. So as part of our thank you to you, I thought that today we would answer some of the questions we have received along the way um, for two reasons. One, if someone's asking us, then you might share the same question. Two, to encourage you to ask questions. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, join the Facebook group. It's a great place to be in touch and drop questions. You can also follow on Instagram and leave questions there um, because, you know, this is really for you. It's all about information. Knowledge is power. So if there's something that you want to know, mm-hmm. we definitely want to try exactly. and answer it. At least try and answer it. If not, we'll do our best. We'll do Listen. our best. For, you we don't know everything. Them. Just some about a lot of things. <laughs> all right. So I have a bunch of the questions. A, a good chunk of these have actually come from the Facebook group. Um, so my first, the first question, not, and it actually is mine too. Um, one of our listeners was wanting some tips on replacing windows. All right. Now, I'm going to ask a question right away. Do you need to replace all the windows if you're replacing any of the windows? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, it depends on a couple of different things. Okay. And the first thing to look at is the window on the outside. Is it on a side facing the front say if it's a front facing window do all the windows on the front of the house match they should (laughs) indeed and so you want to make sure that the one you're replacing you get the right frame and color to match the other frame color style to match the other windows on the front of the house okay so it can be done it can be done okay Sometimes, because depending on also how old the house is, maybe mm-hmm. they don't have that frame profile, maybe they don't have, you know, there are a variety of things that can go into it. If you're doing it on the side or the back of the house, sometimes people don't care as much if it all matches exactly. That makes sense. I would personally still want them all to match. But, you know, if it's more difficult to find that window and you just have to replace it. The other question is, why are you replacing it? Are you replacing it because you want... A different style of mullion, which is the things in between that, you know, you can have what's called six lights or three lights. And the lights, it's... Are the panes? Like the, the finger cushion panes. panes. Yes, okay. exactly. Um, so if you're changing because you want different mullions or something like that, or is the window actually flawed in some way? Is it fogged? Is it cracked? Does it need to be changed for one of those reasons that's more important to the health of the house? Now, I don't like our kitchen window. It is on the side of the house, but because of the way that the street curves, you can clearly see it from the street. Now, it is a decidedly different style from all of the front-facing windows. They're all just your standard two-pane, one on top, one on the bottom that you can lift up if you wanted to. This is a six-light? Six-light? Six or nine. I actually can't remember. And all of the wood on the interior is is old and and it just it's 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 not my thing. Um, so because it's already a different stylistic choice, I could probably get away with 
Yeah, you could probably shift it okay. and, you know, however you want. Yeah. Also, yeah. I'd like to make it bigger too, to be quite honest. But So that's actually a good question. Making a window bigger is also possible in a lot of cases, but you are cutting into the side of the house structurally. Yeah. Um, and so that is where I highly recommend calling a pro. There are some people who will attempt these kind of things themselves, but a handyman, if it's just a single window, a handyman can probably do it for you. But somebody who has a little bit more experience about doing this, especially if you are cutting a bigger space. So if you have a brick facade, it's going to be more complicated. Um, Depending on the type of siding you have, it could be more complicated. So in that case, especially when enlarging a window, call in a pro. Also, that would go for if you're making a smaller window. Although I don't know why anybody would ever want a smaller window. <laughs> but yeah, that it, feels it already like it could be, that could be hard. But if you're just replacing with the same size, um, it's not the most complicated thing in the world to do. It okay. just depends on your personal confidence in that level of skill. Oh, I'm personally never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Mark that one down now. Um, if there are multiple windows to replace... I would definitely just call a company and have it handled. Okay. Um, And call a couple of different companies because as we've learned, the big name companies can come in and do it. They're usually going to run a higher price than some of the smaller companies. And depending on what you're trying to do, vinyl windows have come a long way and they used to have such a bad rap, but they've come a long way. They don't look awful and plastic like they used to. Um, And so you could get a good vinyl window at a more affordable price. If you need a wood window, you're going, it's, you know, the price is usually going to be more, but some houses call for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause depending on the style, yeah, you can't just put like a craftsman, you can't put a vinyl window in a a really good old craftsman. Right. Unless it's, unless it looks good. I mean, they have some, they have some vinyl that actually look pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I could probably put vinyl in my house cause it's just kind of a basic contemporary. Yeah structure (laughs) um the other thing you see all over instagram are the really cool iron windows and doors i love those everybody loves them so you can get a similar look to that in vinyl oh okay um it's obviously not but the vinyl will run you less those iron windows and doors are stunning Mm -hmm. and they cost a a stunning amount as well (laughs) Yeah. yeah all right okay that's a good thank you for those tips you're welcome all right so this one i'm gonna guess was probably from someone down here in the south with us but also you know elsewhere how to enjoy your yard without getting eaten by bugs and then i'm gonna add the subheader and without killing everything in your yard using chemicals to get rid of said bugs yeah that is very good follow-up for that question So there are a lot of companies out there now that are doing natural pest control solutions. Um, And you usually have to ask your bug guy. Yeah. I mean, you should have a bug guy anyway. We do. Um, But ask your bug guy for the more natural solutions because you don't want something. I mean, most of the stuff that sprays for mosquitoes also kills bees, and that's absolutely not what you want. Breaks my heart. But there are a lot of formulas out there that are – widely available although not common enough that they are regularly just that they would um instantly do it you do have to ask okay but you know a lot of natural oils um in some of the mosquito repellent stuff 
The trick with that is where you used to just be able to get mosquito, the yard sprayed for mosquitoes once a month during the summer. You typically with these have to get it sprayed every 21 days, which is every a three little, weeks. yeah. So, um, but man, it's great. One of the clients that we have that has a huge yard, when the mosquito guy comes out, his formula smells like garlic and he sprays the yard and it smells like incredible cooking for like three hours Like you just afterwards. have to make pasta. Yeah. It's just amazing. Totally. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I can handle this. Yeah. Um, and not to promote any specific company, because I think we've kind of tried to avoid that, but there is a company, an online company called Sunday, sunday.com, and they have a natural mosquito repellent that they will send you and you can... It comes with like a, an attachment for your hose mm-hmm. and you can spray it on yourself. Oh, so that's for humans in the yard? No, it's for, I'm sorry, you yourself can spray it <gasps> okay. on the yard. <laughs> you spray it on yourself. I was like, I mean, wow, I'm putting the attachment could, on the hose to get could. my body. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be an intense application. I still recommend like a skin so soft or something for, so soft. for spraying on yourself. <laughs> We're going to throw Avon a bone here. Yeah. <laughs> Go with the skin so soft people. Um, or, you know, I mean, I have a girlfriend who's all into the um, essential oils and she will okay. make bug spray for me with, it's got like lemongrass and Ooh. a couple other things in it. And she'll, she sends me little spray bottles of it, which I really love. Those are wonderful. I am allergic to several essential oils. Ooh. I, I rash. I, I rash have no out. idea. Yeah, I can't. I got to be really careful. So definitely don't spray on yourself. No, no. <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm solid yeah. skin so soft. Yeah. That will not hurt me. Yeah. But I love that, that idea of being able to spray something mm-hmm. yourself because then, first of all, I can just do a targeted area around where we would entertain. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, that would be, oh. Yeah. I literally just wrote it down as she was telling me the name, <laughs> you guys. I wrote the name down. Um there's also citronella, you know, we have citronella mm-hmm. candles and that kind of thing, which are helpful if you're having dinner parties and stuff. They're, you know, depending They're on the wind, perfect. not super yeah. effective. Yeah. But you can plant citronella, which is a beautiful plant and it smells like citronella. It smells pretty good. And especially around an entertainment area or yeah. something like that, I had it in a couple of pots on my back deck okay. one summer and it's pretty helpful. I mean, again, it's not going to be as effective as fully spraying something. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing about mosquitoes in particular is they are attracted to water. They lay their eggs in water. Mm -hmm. And so if you have areas in your yard where there's a trash can lid that collects water when it rains or you have buckets that aren't turned over or any, I mean, they can collect in the smallest amount of water. So especially like yards with a lot of ivy, ivy holds water. Mosquitoes love to lay eggs and that kind of stuff. So being sure to treat those areas, your yard particularly, and just being aware of anything that's collecting water is now a breeding ground for mosquitoes. Yeah. So deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Try to mitigate that water. Exactly. Get it out of there. Okay. So the next question, which is also a question for me, what is a sub panel <laughs> and why might I need one? So this is a, an electrical panel. So a secondary electrical panel in your house. And we answered this in the Facebook group too, but, um, they're usually for secondary spaces, so like a garage or a shed or something else that is attached, so it's still pulling off of your main panel, but it is a secondary panel to run a secondary area okay. of the home. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Can I replace plumbing parts like faucets and shower heads myself? Um, I actually have replaced shower heads in every rental I lived in. Yes, ma'am, you can. I know. It's fun. It's super easy. Yeah. So most shower heads are just a twist on, twist off kind of thing. So in most cases, you can replace those as frequently as you want. And if you're in a rental, keep the original shower head. Take a picture of it before you take it down and put on the wonderful wand spray shower head that you get for yourself <laughs> that yeah. you love. Yes. Um, and then faucets. You can do faucets as well. It's a pretty simple thing to do. Um, the trick with faucets is make sure you take a picture underneath the sink of how everything connects before you pull it off and put the new one back on. Because it has to match. Because it has to match. Okay. And when you're replacing it, make sure you're getting a replacement faucet that has the same setup as the one you're replacing. So either the two arms on the side or the two arms arms not attached. Right. So there's single pole which is one hole, right? So sometimes, especially for kitchen faucets, you see this a lot where there's the faucet that comes out and the actual on-off is on the same mechanism as the faucet. That's what we have. Yeah. Then you have the one that has the two on the sides. Yes. Um, And then you have some that look like it's two on the sides, but it's actually one connected. I'm sorry, I'm making this sound more complicated than it is. Just look at what you have and and make sure you buy a faucet that matches that same amount of holes. And now we're going to take a break because I (laughs) hit a screen and my questions went away. (laughs) Did you see my face? I was like, ah! Okay, thank you. I hit it too hard. I hit it too hard. (laughs) Okay. That wraps us on faucets, I think. I think so. Okay, I I know I saw this question on the Facebook page as well. Um, In this instance, it was stone tiles. But just in general, how do I keep tiles looking new? And what's appropriate to clean them with. And I would say the tiles and also the stinking grout. You mean grout doesn't naturally come in a mildew color? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Lord, Lord. Um, Okay. So the, this was another Facebook question and um, that wasn't directly in regards to natural stone, um, but also porcelain tiles, you know, require a certain amount of cleaning. So Natural stone and porcelain, you don't want to put anything with a bleach on either of those surfaces, Okay, which is a little bit counterintuitive because so often bathroom cleaning supplies are just bleach, bleach, bleach. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bleach will actually create more of that filmy look on your stone. Um, And so same with like ammonia or vinegar. You don't really want to use any of those on your stone. So what are you looking at? Soap? Specific um, stone cleaners. So they they sell specific stone cleaners. There's one called Gold Seal, which is pretty common. Um, Or you can go to a tile supply store, and they always have them, like, up near the register to get something that's, you know. But you want to get something that's specific for cleaning stone to keep that filmy look off. Okay. If you've already achieved that filmy look... You can have it stripped and resealed, and that's something that you're going to want to call somebody in to do, which is annoying, but you can restore the stone. Um, The other thing about stone is you do need to consider resealing it periodically anyway, usually once a year. Um, Is that something you can do yourself? Yeah, you can reseal it yourself. It's not that big a deal. It just is get the right products for the type of material that you have. Okay. 
and make sure that you're keeping up with it. I mean, it's another maintenance item on the list, right? Yeah. And yeah. so some people get annoyed and feel like, oh, it's already a thousand maintenance items, which isn't incorrect. Um, but it, you know, you want things to stay looking fresh as long as possible. Yeah. Now, if you just have porcelain and you don't have any natural stone, you actually can use vinegar to clean porcelain. Um, and that's really helpful for cleaning any of the soapy films off and things like that. But vinegar is not good for natural stone. Okay. Grout. Grout. So the fun kind of natural way to do grout is scrub it with a firm um, scrub brush. So something, you know, like toothbrush, a toothbrush, a toothbrush or something that has kind of firm bristles on it. Mm-hmm. And you can just use soap and water or you want to really punch it up. We go kind of to like the sixth grade science class. Remember when you made the volcano with baking soda and vinegar? Hmm. We're going to repeat that on your floor. So you do a paste of baking soda and water and kind of put it on the grout lines and then you spray it with a vinegar solution, vinegar and water. Okay. And you spray it and let it foam for a little while. So you get kind of the scrubbing bubbles effect without the bleach of the scrubbing bubbles brand. <laughs> and let it kind of foam up. Yeah. And then scrub it down. And that helps dramatically. Oh. Baking soda is like a cure-all. Ba- honestly, baking soda or vinegar. Yeah. Probably like the first two things you should go to at any In most given cases, moment. yeah. <laughs> I just bought a big thing of vinegar to descale my coffee pot. Yeah. 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 It's, yep. That's how it goes. All right. All right. I need to do that. So this is a timely question. My bathroom is funk. Post before and after pictures. Oh, no. I'd be oh. too embarrassed <laughs> to even do. I'll do like mid pictures. Okay. <laughs> the before is too embarrassing. <laughs> Speaking of cleaning, someone would like to know how often they should clean the chimney. And I suppose we're probably going to need to, we're assuming that this is a wood chimney. Could you clean a gas burning? Um, so I think it's not a bad idea to have your chimney inspected regularly anyway, because okay. they are indoor, outdoor, meaning, you know, they, Animals. different things can affect them. Um, but particularly wood burning, you want it serviced at least once a year if you are burning, um, and maybe twice. If you're using it every day, I would suggest twice. Okay. If you're using it, you know, periodically as... You have, you special know, occasion. special occasions or even once a week. You may not have to do it quite as once a year for sure, but maybe not twice. Um, but that's because the creosote can build up in the chimney okay. and it can catch fire. Oh, and, which is exactly what you don't want. And that's what you don't want. And you have created a house fire. So um, become buddies with your chimney sweep. Yeah. Plan to see them once a year, usually around October plan in advance because they can take a long time to come out because everybody wants to see them at the same time of year (laughs) right when it gets a little cold Mm -hmm. okay i know that we address this one a lot we're just gonna keep drilling it into your head when should i change my air filter today today go home and do it right now once a month change your air filter once a month at least once a quarter yeah, we're not going any stretch. We're not stretching it out further than that. Once no, a month. Yeah. Just change it once a month. Yeah. You can do it. They're not that expensive. No, they're not. Figure out what the, you know, dimensions of your particular air filter are and just go for it. Make it happen. Make it happen. 
So we talked about this a lot, actually, in the in our last episode. Um, talked about a maintenance budget. So someone was asking, what is an appropriate maintenance budget? And I think you touched on that. You were talking about like trying to do like a five thousand. Oh, look at me thinking ahead. <laughs> but five thousand a year would be a yeah. good. Yeah, four to five thousand dollars a year is really the the sweet spot for that um, for an average house. I mean, if you have a bigger than normal house, you're probably going to need more than that. I mean, yeah. You think if your HVAC system goes, you're going to easily drop five to $8,000. So that could take, a, that could eliminate that entire pot. Oh, yeah. If you have two or three HVAC system, two or three HVAC systems in your house, then you're tripling that cost. Wow. You know what I mean? That's a big house. It's a big, well, it's a big house, right? So just consider, you know. Everybody here is super reasonable and very smart. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> anyone listening? Yeah, because if, <laughs> if you're here, you care. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, be considerate about what is reasonable for your house. Good, 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 good. What are the most important maintenance items I should keep track of? Oh my gosh, how much time do we have? I know. She's, <laughs> she's going to lay it down to you guys, she's going to lay it on you. Okay. So let's see. Let's go down this list. Filters are high on your list. Filters, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, gutters. Gutters, yeah. Keep the gutters clean. Gutters. Maintain your HVAC. And that's a seasonal maintenance visit. That's, yep. So that's twice a year for HVAC. Mm-hmm. Gutters, minimum twice a year, sometimes four times a year, depending on- Where you live. Where you live. Um, air filter once a month. We talked about refrigerator coils- now, once yeah. a year. Once a year. What? So this means I have to move my whole fridge, like pull it out, and then clean those suckers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you can do it because it's on wheels. And oh. it should pull out pretty easily. Okay. Unless it's not, in which case, good luck. <laughs> I really don't know if mine is. Um, and, and I'm cleaning it with, what, like a hose attachment? From, yeah, you can just my... vacuum it okay. off. You'll okay. you'll see. Once you pull it out, it'll be real dusty back there. Okay. Um, so cleaning that out. And... Then, you know, watch your water situation. So wherever you have water, pay attention to it. We've talked about water all the time. Like, yeah, the flow of water. Leaky faucets. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere that water exists in your home, just keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that sink in the third bathroom in your house that nobody ever really goes to that often, if it's dripping underneath into the cabinet and you don't notice it right away or the toilet's running, then you're spending a bunch of money on water. Your outdoor faucets, yeah. you know, check them. Just just be mindful of that. And then roof checks. Hmm. Just get your roof checked once a year. It's not that big a deal. Most people will come out and, you know, do a quote for whatever little repairs need to be made. Or oftentimes they'll check it for free and just say, oh, everything looks good. Um, you may have to, you know, pay a small amount to have them come out and check it. But it's worth it because the roof is the first layer of protection yeah. on the house. So. Yeah. If you can catch something early, it's a lot cheaper to take care of anything there. Okay. So does that help? We hope that helps, people. We hope that helps. This one, I'm especially interested to hear your answer. How do I repair scratches to my wood floor? So this one's really fun. Does and it involve again, baking soda no. or vinegar? <laughs> no, not baking soda or vinegar. Baking <laughs> soda would probably scratch your wood floor. Um, okay, 
So it depends, again. On the wood? On on the type of wood, on the finish you have, and how bad the scratch is. Okay. If it's a deep scratch, it'll just have to be refinished. But visually, you can hide it a little bit with some of the um, stain pins. You can get stain pins from like Home Depot or Lowe's or one of the, the big box stores. And get a stain pen in the color that's close to your wood floor and you can kind of color it in and and help it a little bit if it's small little scratches like something kind of pulled across and it looks like it's mostly surface and doesn't actually cut down into the wood then you can get a um, really uh, high grit sandpaper so it's a really really fine sandpaper and kind of blend it all together you just Want to be careful when you're doing that, too, to not overdo it. Yeah, that sounds like it could be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> could be. Um, and and then you can kind of buff it to, to smooth it out and make it a little less obvious. But if it's a lot, if it's like, you know, nails from your dog or, you know, something... There happened to be a nail sticking out of the leg of a chair that you didn't know and drag the chair across the floor and put mm. a big gouge in it. It's a much bigger problem. So then you'd have to refinish it. But if it's in a small area, you can have a refinisher come out and just do a spot refinishing, oh, okay. which is nice. And then in some cases, like one we recently had to do, um, the gouge was big and not replace repairable, but it was in a single board and they had wide plank boards in their house. So we were able to pull up that board. We did have to pull up two on either side of it to get it all to fit back together, but we were able to just replace three boards and that solved the problem without having to. Oh, and you were able to find boards that matched. Mm -hmm. It was, thankfully it was a newer floor. So we were able to find the same boards to, you know put back down and okay so if you do a flooring project and you have leftover hold on to them okay yep now you know the more you know people i know i want the little what is it nbc the dun, little dun, song dun, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually that's the nbc what is that the more you know is there a sure. different more uh, we'll we're not it. gonna go into this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we can't play music they may charge us for it yes yes so we'll just all imagine take a second and imagine <laughs> How can I tell if my walls are plaster or drywall? Isn't everyone mostly drywall at this point? Mostly drywall. So drywall started being hung around the 1950s as a common um, wall. But, you know, there are older homes that have some plaster walls still. And honestly, you can probably tell by looking. Plaster walls have a bit more texture to them typically. Yeah. But if you're confused, try a push pin test. So just find a spot on your wall where you can put a little hole that you're not going to notice like put a uh, push pin thumbtack and if it pushes in fairly easily it's drywall if it takes a little more effort and you notice the little cracking chipping around it it's plaster and you've now put a hole in your plaster i mean <laughs> but do, do it, it behind a picture yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly do it behind your couch <laughs> where does your couch live do it back there yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't think i've ever been in a home with plaster walls i I'd certainly have never lived anywhere with plaster walls so I mean, they're really cool. It's just a pain when you have to do anything, any remodel to that kind of stuff. The dust from a plaster wall, if you think sheetrock dust is obnoxious, the dust from cutting into plaster walls is so fine. And 
like carries for miles in the house it's oh, insane it take forever to speaking of air filters you know that you're supposed to replace your air filter the second you do any kind of home reno yep because all that stuff all gets that in all that dust no matter how careful people try to be and how protective it yeah. gets everywhere so just be prepared like have some filters ready to go so that you not only enjoy your beautiful space but you can enjoy it with beautiful air mm-hmm. all right and the last question is an intense one how worried should i be about black mold how common is it and is all mold black mold oh my gosh so this is actually one we get a lot and the most common thing you see in your house is mildew yeah mildew and mold both like damp dark spaces bathrooms bathrooms so mildew it grows flat right and and when you're looking at more of a mold it gets fuzzy and more textured but of course, when it's small, you can't really tell the difference. Um, but most often, what people have in their homes is mildew. But because black mold has such a bad rap, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it has such a bad rap, people see something and they instantly think, "Oh my God, burn the house down." Um, and it's not always the case. So mildew is most common if you do have a mold situation. A lot of molds appear black, but they aren't the black mold okay the super dangerous the one. super dangerous one so if you see anything that's fuzzy and it seems grouped together and forming like circles almost like splatter paint or something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. um call a remediation expert have somebody come out and take a look at it because yeah. if you do have black mold you really want to make sure you do everything you can to remediate that also you know it's potentially a real issue but it's not as common as the world makes you think. Okay. Um, so, for instance, we had a client who had a leak in the drain line for his ice maker. Oh, my goodness. And it went, because the leak followed the drain line, it actually went behind the bar area and down the wall and was coming into a basement closet that was almost never used. So like never nobody seen, nobody yeah, ever saw it or yeah. noticed it. By the time it was caught, you know the whole upper corner and down the walls was crawling with this mold Ugh. that just looked horrifying. I mean, it looked terrible. We called the remediation experts, got them out there, and they were able to test it. It was not black mold, thankfully, yeah. but it was mold. Yeah. And mold has spores and whatever, so we still had to do a whole remediation thing, but it wasn't the super dangerous black mold. Okay. So even something that has been active for who knows how long, as we had no idea how long that had been active. You know, when did the leak start? It was an unused space of the house. Um, But it didn't turn out to be the super dangerous kind. So most cases, (laughs) it's probably not the worst kind. But you don't want mold spores of any kind in your home. Yeah, so. and the sooner you can address it, exactly. the better it's, and, and probably less expensive it's going to be. It almost makes me feel like at this point that um, you should do like, if you have a house, just do like a house inspection, like your own home inspection, at least four times a year, where you go into those spaces that you don't go into very often. Yeah. Like, are you know, Especially if you have a larger home that, you know, you have places that are just solely for storage or solely for guests, you know, that just don't get used. 
it's almost worth it now to just put your eyes on all parts of your house yeah. at least once every three months, about three to four months. Well, and I actually have a checklist somewhere for a personal home inspection. Yeah. Where you just walk around and look at things look and at see, things, yeah. hey, has this changed or not changed? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a good idea to know what you have. For stuff like that, especially for like water, you know, for things yeah. like that. Just, yeah. And again, your home is your biggest investment. Oh, yeah. So take care of it. Take care of it. Be a badass homeowner. That's right, Leah. <laughs> We're all going to be badass homeowners. We hope you have enjoyed this journey with us, our first season. Yes. Thank you so much for being part of season one. And um, in our short break, you can find us on Instagram at Badass Homeowner um, and also by the, the mother brand at Jolie Residential um, and on Facebook at Own Your Home, The Essential Guide to Becoming a Badass Homeowner. And then there's also the website, JolieResidential.com, where you can find lots and lots of tips and tricks. A lot of what we were reiterating here in uh, checklist form and monthly maintenance form, all that, all those wonderful pieces of information, all those nuggets. Yep. All your downloads. Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing from you and we look forward to talking to you again next season.